Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one hundred four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium 32.3 and 133 on the LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, comment on baseball. Comment on football. It's 40-something days away. And uh, I asked Nick on his way out, is he ready for football season? And he said, definitely, uh, I'm not ready yet. But I'm getting there. On this glorious Friday morning. Glorious because the Astros swept the Yankees yesterday. You know, now that these 11 games are over against the two New York teams, New York City, we should have played that old commercial. What was that? Some sort of, some sort of um, hot sauce? Wasn't that, isn't that what that was, that commercial? New York City. It, I think it was some sort of hot sauce commercial. We should have played that. All these supposed South Louisiana people who know how to cook good and they they support the Yankees. Sickening. But anyway, New York City. Um, Yeah, paste picante sauce is what I'm being told here. That makes sense. It was some sort of, yeah, hot sauce. It was funny. But anyway... Now that these 11 games are over, it in the moment it was it was I hated it. I hated it in the moment. But now that the 11 games are over, four against the Mets and seven against the Yankees. Um I'm glad the Astros didn't go 11 and 0. Like they should have went 11 and 0. They they should have won all 11 games. They should have went, think about that, 11-0. Can't beat the Royals. Can't get the Royals out, I should say. And suddenly can't beat the A's. But they should have went 11-0 against the Yankees and the Mets. New York City. Um, but now that it's over, the 11-game stretch, I'm glad that they didn't go all 11 because then the Piper would be mad. Uh, the last thing I want is to go 7-0 and against the Yankees and then have to play them in the playoffs. That Then the Piper ain't happy. You don't want to fight the Piper and the team you got to play. You, you always want to keep the Piper content. And so in the moment, I hated those losses. But now that it's over, I'd much rather be 5-2 and against them than 7-0. and that ain't that's not good to go seven and zero against someone and then have to play him in the playoffs. So I found your commercial. It yeah. is actually not New York City. They say New Jersey. 
Oh, no, it's New York City. The one I just played said well, New the Jersey. One, the one you got is is is, <laughs> is wrong. It definitely no. I'm not, I'm just saying it's a different one. I I, mm. I I I'm just saying that that the commercial definitely was New York City. Yeah, got to be multiple versions. Okay, I will look for your New York yeah, City. Yeah, try to find that. that New York you. City. It can't be New Jersey. What is New Jersey? I don't know. I mean, most people down here don't even know where New Jersey is. Let's see. I'm gonna look it up right now on YouTube. This is this is the one that I found, and if it sounds the same. Then they just I don't know why they would have cut it multiple times. All right, I say Pace Picante. There's one that says New York City, so they look like there is two. Yeah, they have. This is the one that's different than the one two. I found. Yeah. Let's see. Walt Disney's Westward Ho the wagon. <coughs> This is the Northwest's own Fox Station. <clears throat> Q13 KCP. More Picani sauce. That's used mag. Well, that isn't paste Picani sauce. What's the difference? Paste is made from fresh vegetables and spices. By folks in San Antonio who know what Picani sauce should taste like. Or this stuff's made in New York City. New York City. New York City. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Beautiful Oh yeah, you can't be can't be messing <laughs> with that. You're welcome. I've now found <clears throat> yes. it. So it was great. The Astros got the two wins, but again, um, yesterday was certainly not perfect. Even though the results were perfect, uh, I don't know what they're going to do with you. He had another just atrocious at bat in a key moment. I, look, it, it we're still we're a little over halfway through the season. There's still plenty of time. For Yuli to get his act together, but uh, you know that was terrible. I mean, w- w- the the ninth inning of Game One yesterday was terrible. Now there were some good points. Bregman got a hit, and and, and look, I I, I drives me crazy because he swings at way too many sliders a foot off the plate. That really aggravates me when he does that but he's gotten a lot of big hits lately so I I've got a I've got a, a litmus I, I've got a you know say look I, I, I apologize for being angry at you at times because again at times he'll get up there and just swing at a ball that's barely even in the batter's box says come on cat read the slider a little better than that but um but he um but he got a big hit in that game. But in the top of the ninth, and look, I love Jeremy Pena. I love everything Jeremy Pena's done this year. He's been fabulous. And, again, because they won, hopefully he learned a valuable lesson yesterday. There's no way that ball, that kind of Falefa hit, should have got through the infield. It was beaten into the ground uh, that you have got to stop that ball. That's That was bad. That was really bad. So it worked out. So hopefully it's one of those deals where you can learn a big lesson uh, when you win. You don't just learn when you lose. You can learn when you win. And that was bad. There's absolutely no way that ball should have got through the infield, that RBI single to tie the game in the ninth. That was pitiful. Um. Now, with that said, wouldn't the world is Neris walk in the number nine hitter who 
who's got a nothing batting average to get to LeMahieu. Now, he got out of it. Um, pitiful. That was bad, too. Got away with it. All right, so you get to the bottom of the ninth. Bregman singles, Diaz doubles, great. I mean, that's great. You got runners at second and third and nobody out. And Yuli strikes out at balls that aren't even close to the plate. Like, what is that? I I, I just, I don't know what they're going to do with Yuli. He's, it, you know, the trade deadline is really close here. Really close. And... You got Yuli and Mars, and I've already made up my mind. Look, there's no, there's at least a track record with Yuli. I've been pumping up Yuli for five years. I've been a Yuli guy since day one. So I got years. I got water under the bridge with Yuli. I got very little water at all with, with this cat, Mar, and he's just goofy. So goofy. Uh, uh, he just looks terrible. He don't even know how to wear a uniform. He always has a dumb look on his face. You can put up with that stuff when, if you're good. But man, I gotta tell you, I he, Mars has got to go. They gotta go get another outfielder, especially if Brantley is gonna be out for a significant period of time and not really be a hundred percent all year. I mean, maybe he will be, but it, it's it's getting a little scary with with with, with Uncle Mike, as they call him, Brantley. Uh, but 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 Mars has got to go. Like, Myers needs to be in a trade. He he needs to be, you know, like Miles Straw, send him somewhere else and, and wish him well, and, and you just, you, you got to go. So, and it, Myers needs to be in a trade, but Yuli's a tougher decision. I And and then, I, look, I like Ren. We call him Ren in our family because of the movie Footloose, apparently. But uh, Chaz McCormick, um, He's great against lefters, horrendous against righties. Like that was it. The, the guy threw one king threw one strike to him. He looked at the strike and he swung out of his shoes on every ball and struck out. Like don't they won the the first game because a one fifty hitter got an infield single with two outs after two guys had a chance to drive a runner in from third and they couldn't keep from swinging at balls that almost hit him. That was a little unsettling. I got to tell you. That, that's not good. Now, it worked out well, but again, in the evaluation process, what in the world are they going to do with Yuli? Like, it's time. Myers is kind of saying, uh, trade me, get rid of me, I'm not good enough. He's kind of doing, he's kind of helping because he looks terrible. And so he's making the decision, I think, pretty easy because he, I mean, they, he, it, I love when right-handed hitters go to right field. I love it, but you, that can't be the only thing you can do. They keep hanging curveballs right, and he, he has no chance of pulling them. Like, this cat can't turn on a pitch. That's just hanging there, sitting there for him to hit. Can't do it. He's got to go. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Yuli. And then Ryan Presley, arguably my favorite player on the whole team. This cat's on paternity leave. We got to time this stuff better than this. You cannot. Look, once you get to the all-star break on, all that stuff's got to go. You got to time this better. 
Like, if you want to get on paternity leave in, in like, April or May, I don't like it, but it's April and May. I, I, I mean, once once you get past the All-Star break, we can't be paternity leaving anymore. This has to be planned better than this. Okay, do you just tell his wife that? Hey, you know what? You yes, can't get plan it right better. <laughs> cannot get married during football season, and you can't be on paternity leave after the All-Star break. Those are the rules. Like, you got to plan this stuff better. Because, <sighs> I mean, be like bailed them out. They had no bullpen in the second half, in the second game, second half of the doubleheader. They had no bullpen, none. And, 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 and be like, when they put that caddy in, I'm, he scared me to death because I've seen him get lit a million times. And, and he did great. And then, you know, why he threw a meat pitch to. I mean, he's a 3A player is what he is. Well, he's a 4A player, I call him. They, they're probably a little too good to be in AAA, but they're not really major league pitchers, and that's what Brandon B. like is. He's a 4A player. And, and um, you know, he did great. He bailed them out big time because I don't know who's going to pitch Seth Martinez, I guess. Oh, man. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Well, I can tell you one thing. You're just as gloomy as the weather is this morning. Got a doubleheader sweep, won the season series with the Yankees, and I'm hearing complaining and negativity. You want you swept the doubleheader on the cheaters from the Bronx. What's the problem? The problem is, what are we going to do with Yuli? That's a tough if decision. We the, if we win the World Series, if Yuli Gurriel sits the bench the whole year. Who cares? Well, yeah, but if if they keep Yuli and he doesn't get better, they're not going to win the World Series. That's the point. What 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 has Yuli done for us in, in the last four or five years? Without Yuli, you think we make the World Series those other three times? No. Well, we'd have made the World Series. Give the man some credit. He's getting old. Oh no, I love Yuli. Don't don't get me wrong. I love you. I've been you. I've been Yuli's biggest proponent since day one. But it's not about individuals. It's about the team. And well, I know. I, here we go. I, 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 two I years I, I, ago, I during the but there you are. You 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 want to call Ryan Presley's wife today and tell that woman when she's supposed to make love to her husband to get a baby? Oh Come yeah. On, man. Oh yeah, you can't. We can't be having. We got to time. We got to time it better than that. Got to time it better than that. Sherlock Holmes all over again. Ball one question, thirty-one parts. Here we go. Anyway, I got to see the little ad on the uh, KHTC about the church one players last night, and that's nice. Yeah, we got some great running backs coming back. We ain't got no defense, man. We lost. We got one starter coming back. Oh, those kids better be able to play defense too, because, oof, oof. Oof. Not good. Not I get good. it. But anyway, I get it, it. It's a gloomy day, but you got your sweet and you won the se- the season series from the cheaters. Oh no, that, come on, man. I, I, be, no, be, I, be, at least be a little bit happy. Oh no, don't worry, I'm happy. Don't worry, I All was right. ecstatic. All right, thanks for the call. Look, I was okay. ecstatic with the wins, but my goal is not to win the season series with the Yankees. My goal is to win the World Series. And so I'm watching this game yesterday. And I'm like, man, see, I. I'd have been extra pumped up if Yuli would have got it get, got it done. I mean, I'm glad Matichevic got it done, but again, that was just you know he's a buck fifty hitter who's not going to be playing in the postseason. So it's great in the moment, but I'm I'm thinking big picture. I'm trying to win the World Series here. It 
can't. It's not just about beating the Yankees, although beating the Yankees always feels good. I I agree with that. I'm very glad in retrospect that they didn't win all 11 games because then I'd feel even more worried. I, I I'd be really worried that the Piper's not happy. Speaking of the Piper. Wonder what the Piper thinks about our Asian friends from Seattle these days. The I ain't Piper. paying no Piper. Yeah. The Piper and I, we become oh, no, good the friends. Piper, it's we no time longer enemies. The, it's time for the Piper to be paid. Uh-uh. There's no the win Piper. Piper. Ain't happy with There's you. no win Piper. Oh, There's no. only runs Piper. Oh, I ain't no. paying no Piper. Oh, no. <laughs> the Piper is not happy with our Asian uh-uh. friends from Seattle. Uh-uh. No, he's not. He, nope. he's, he's, he's ecstatic with it. He's no, not mad. He not is happy ecstatic. at all. The Piper is not happy. <laughs> Now, the, the, the Mariners have lit up Urquidy twice this year. I mean, mm-hmm. lit him up big time. And he's pitched better since then, so we'll see what happens. But that'll be an interesting game tonight. I wonder if the Astros have gotten to Asia yet. That's a fur piece. That's a very good question. Yeah. Do you think that, like, because we talked about it earlier, me and Fontenot, do you think that whoever wins tonight will win the series? Or do you think it could be up in the air for all three games? Uh, tomorrow's going to be an interesting game because Verlander versus – um. Uh, the uh, what's a hot young pitcher, great Ray? young pitcher? No, 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 the great young like pitcher. <coughs> we had too Who's many of them. The most underrated of one of the most underrated young pitchers in baseball for elite pitching matchup tomorrow, uh, and, and that's a day game by the way at three ten. Oh, no, you're Piper's, phone ready. You're not, you're not the really Piper's not happy. Piper is not happy with y'all. I just know he's very happy. We're I'm we glad, best, we best friends. I, I'm glad <laughs> the Astros went nine and two and went five and two against the Yankees, um, because uh, I would I'd be very worried about. I would not want to play a team that I went seven and zero against. Never want to make the Piper discontented. All right, we'll take a timeout. <clears throat> Look, if anybody else wants to comment on Yankees, Astros, or Major League Baseball, always feel free to do so. But we're gonna shift gears. Some football issues after this timeout on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hello, what's up? How are you, sir? I'm calling to ask you a question. Why do you think the Astros are aggravating Justin Verlander? Why they don't let that man pitch every fifth day or whatever day he wants to pitch? Oh, no, they're not aggravating him. They're working together to try to keep him as healthy as possible. That Verlander's all for that. I, that, that they're not aggravating him at all. Well, I, I, I tend to disagree. I don't know if you heard that comment uh, during the All-Star game. It's like he wants to pitch on his regular day. And whenever you save people – 
it ends up backfiring. Just ask the uh, Washington Nationals what happened to uh, what's his name. Well, they kept saving him, saving him, saving him, and he can't pitch no more. Yeah, but this is a different situation. You're talking about a 39 year old guy on Tommy John, and he ended up throwing way more innings in the first half than they thought. I, I got, I got no problem with it. Really, I don't. I, I think it's the wise thing to do, and you know, he it hasn't when he does pitch, it hasn't limited his effectiveness any. So, I think they got to save him as much as possible. Well, me and you disagree on that. That's okay. That's the way it goes. Okay, Thanks, man. that's fine. We don't have to agree. And look, I, as long as it works out, I don't care what they do. But I, I, I really, I um. I think saving pitchers' arms, whether they're really young pitchers like Garcia or really old pitchers like Verlander, I I got no issues with that. I I think give them as much rest as possible. Now, I understand that Verlander is more like a physical freak kind of guy like a Nolan Ryan or a Roger Clemens where they have more of a workman-like um, mentality. By the way, I just got my brain cramp just ended. Logan Gilbert is the pitcher I was trying to come up with. Uh, probably uh-huh. their best young pitcher. I, I, I don't. I, I, I get re- I get brain cramps. It, it, it's senility, and I've been told to embrace it, but I, I, I can't embrace. It's very difficult for me to deal with <laughs> the onset of senility, and, and it happens to me. I, I have a there are certain players that I have, like, I have this mental block against. And Logan Gilbert is one of them. I can never come up with that cat's name. Anyway, it should be a, a really good performance. <laughs> I mean, he does have I'm, a 3.38 ERA in the last seven games, so. He's, he, 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 he's a good young pitcher. All right. Before we get going, I want to remind you that if you join the text club, you could win, score tickets to see Burt Kreischer, comedian at the Cajun Dome, on September the 16th, the Games Text Club, uh, by texting BERT, B-E-R-T, to 283-8100. If you text BERT to 283-8100, uh, you could win tickets to see Burt Kreischer, comedian, live at the Cajun Home, courtesy of the Games Text Club. All right. Again, if you want to continue talking about Yankees, Astros, and that'll go on the back burner. You know, they've played seven games. They might not meet again the rest of the season. This idea that because they have the two best records and on paper they're the two best teams, that, that that means they have this unbelievable chance of meeting in the ALCS, that's not accurate. I mean, there's countless examples of number one and number two seeds getting beat. Happens just about every year, if not every year. So, um, you know, a long way from that happening. And so we can, we can talk about it now, and it's going to be on the back burner. And again, I'm just glad the Astros, in retrospect, now that it's over, I'm glad the Astros didn't go 7-0. I would not want to play a team I went 7-0 against. Not only 7-0. Well, it might have gone into the last inning. They were hitting a buck 40. No team in, like, in the history of baseball had held the Yankees in a, playing at least seven games to a lower batting average. 
in the history of baseball. It had never happened. Now, they ended up getting four hits in the ninth inning, so that might have changed. But going into that last inning in a seven-game stretch, uh, they were, they were, the Yankees were hitting a buck 40. Now, the moral of that story is all the silly people who are still talking about the, the, the sign stealing in the trash cans, the Astros' dominance of the Yankees over the last seven years has nothing to do with their hitting. Nothing. Has to do with they know how to get the Yankees out better than anyone else. I can't tell you exactly what it is. But the, the Astros pitching, starting with Keuchel, Way back in 2015 in that one-game playoff at Yankee Stadium, the Astros pitching, for the most part, has dominated the Yankees like no other pitching staff in the, in the last seven or eight, seven seasons. That's why they won. This idea that had anything to do with banging on trash cans, which didn't even help them, that's already been empirically proven. I mean, the lack of understanding of baseball by people who are supposedly – you know, in the mecca of baseball, it, it, it just blows my mind. It just absolutely blows my mind. All right. Um, football. Kyler Murray signs, or what did he sign? Five-year, $230 million contract. So you, you're going to hear this question all over this today and, you know, for the next couple of weeks. Is Did the Cardinals overpay? Well, of course they overpaid. Almost everyone overpays for quarterbacks, unlike other than the Saints. The Saints didn't overpay for their quarterback. Saints have a number one overall talented quarterback with maturity, that most number one overall. And he's he's way below the market price. That's a coup, folks, a coup. But anyway, in my opinion. But um, of course they overpaid for him. But that's not even the point. The point is, will they get what they need to get out of him? There's no question he's not he's overpaid. There's no question they overpaid for him. You know, they had to he had to make point one more dollars than Deshaun Watson, which means the Ravens are going to have to do a little better than that when they sign Jackson. Not a good situation if you have one of these elite quarterbacks um, because you got to pay. You, you the, the market says you have to overpay for them. Anybody that, don't, that doesn't think they're not overpaying for quarterbacks is, is just foolishness. Of course they're overpaying. The point is, are you gonna? How much bang for your buck will you get? And it hit me yesterday, folks. Another subject that we've been talking a lot about yesterday, I mean, in recent weeks and really in recent years, but really in this off season, converged with this story about Kyler Murray signing. This five-year, $230 million contract. Casper to quitter. A lot of people have been speculating. Where is Casper to quitter going to be next year? What about the Arizona Cardinals? They've got an ownership group who wants to win. They put out some money. 
They've signed some talent. They just spent $230 million on a on a quarterback who's pretty unproven and awfully small. And they've got a head coach with an entire career of collapsing late in the season. If they don't make the playoffs this year, which is a pretty good possibility, or if they make the playoffs and and get beat in the first round and look awful, they looked awful last year in that first-round playoff game. The chances that Kingsbury will lose his job is, are pretty high. Those chances are pretty high. Got a good young quarterback making a lot of money. You got a so-say quarterback whisperer. I don't know why we haven't been thinking about this. You know, the the, the names that keep coming out, that, you know, the Chargers, I, I could see that happening. But I think the Chargers are going to win. I don't think they're going to lose. I think they're going to win. Um, People recently, the, the other teams that people are saying, like the Dolphins, they have first-year head coaches. I, I don't think they're going to fire these first-year head coaches to get Casper to quit her. So, I don't know. It hit me yesterday. I think the most logical choice, you saw, you have a young quarterback. He's short. Um, and you just paid him $230 million over five years. And, you're sh- and, and then you have this so-say quarterback whisperer on the market now. Makes a lot of sense to me. So if I had to give a good guess on where Casper Aquita is going to coach next, I could see it being the Arizona Cardinals. It's in the south, perfect weather. He can do golf and all this silly stuff he wants to do. I, I could see that happening. Makes a lot of sense. Makes more sense than Dallas and all these other places that people are talking. They're talking about him going to Tampa. Like, they just hired a coach. Talking about going to Miami. They just hired a coach. I don't see that happening. They hire, Those two coaches are first-year coaches into good situations. Should have good teams. I think the Arizona Cardinals make a lot of sense for Casper to quit. So we'll see how, how that plays out. It's um again, it's something to discuss and then put on the back burner, like put on the shelf, and then we'll see how it plays out. But I don't know why. It just hit me yesterday. You know what? They just signed this guy to all this money. They overpaid big time. They got backed into a corner, felt like they had no choice. So they had to do it. I get why they did it. And probably they did have to give him that money. But is he worth that? Of course he's not. But not very many of them are. All these quarterbacks, Dak's got, they overpaid for Dak. They're overpaid for all these quarterbacks. They're going to have to overpay for Lamar Jackson. That's just the way life is in the NFL right now. Blame it all on the on the Browns. And turn the Browns into the Raiders so the Saints can no longer be the Raiders. So the Saints can get treated fairly, fairly hopefully get a few breaks and um, – Get more wins than people are thinking. That's that's what I'm thinking anyway. Just 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 keep an eye. I'm. I uh, just think the 
Casper Aquitta being the next coach of the Arizona Cardinals makes more sense than anything else I've heard on that front in a long time. All right, we'll take a timeout. We come back, got more NFL talk to discuss things that just absolutely amaze me. We'll talk about it next on The Game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 22nd, 1967. The Atlanta Braves establish an MLB record for number of pitchers called upon in one inning. Five used in the ninth inning of a 5-4 loss to St. Louis. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you, Tuesday and Wednesday, SEC Media Days are over, and it's now time for Sunbelt Football Media Days. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles will be there. Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll be doing RP3 and Company, Footnotes and Crunch Time, all broadcasting live from New Orleans Live Sunbelt Conference football media coverage brought to you by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Tuesday and Wednesday next week, the game will be in New Orleans to bring you all the coverage Sunbelt football media days. All right, I want to read you. I heard Nick refer to this last hour. And he's absolutely correct. The national perception, I've been talking about it with the Saints. And I'll, and for those of you who say, where do y'all get this from? Well, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you three little short like paragraphs from three different national publications that both have the, rank, the Saints ranked either 21st or 22nd. And again, I don't care about rankings. I'm glad they're, they're looking at the Saints this way. But when I talk about that, when I say it all the time. They don't know anything about the Saints. National people don't know anything about this. They, they know about the ESPN division teams, but that's about it. They don't really know much about anybody. You know, high-profile team like the Rams maybe, but like the most of the league, the, the national mainstream media, they don't know anything about it. So, Walter Football predicts has the Saints ranked 22nd. It says, Sean Payton and Drew Brees are gone. Terran Armstead, Marcus Williams, too. The Saints had a chance to win what we thought was an absolutely terrible NFC South, but Tom Brady ruined that by canceling his retirement plans because Brady's had so much success. This is me. Had so much success against the Saints in his career. Uh, New Orleans will now be in mediocre purgatory until the front office finally decides to blow up the entire operation and begin from square zero. So this cat's perception 
is that the Saints roster is so mediocre that they're in mediocre purgatory. They need to just blow up the whole operation and start from ground zero. That's that that's their perception. That's this cat's perception of the Saints. Think about that. Like, has he has he even looked at the roster? I mean, it's just unbelievable to me. All right, CBS Sports has the Saints ranked 21st. And again, I don't really care where they have them ranked. It's why. It's what I was talking earlier this week about Jameis. You might not like Jameis. You might think he's going to be terrible. And you might be right. But I want to know now why do you think that? If you think that because you think he's this immature punk that he was when he was in Tallahassee, then I, that's just a bad reason in my opinion. That that's that that's not that's a bad reason. It's not accurate. So CBS Sports says it's a longer one, so I'm not going to read all of this. But um, at the very end, he, this this is their point. Says um, Winston's proven to have a rather mercurial arm. The D, even though even with notable losses like that of Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams, still has trusty regulars in Cam Jordan and Demario Davis. But how much do Tyron Matthew and Marcus May have left in the tank? Tyron Matthew, maybe. Marcus May is the same age as Marcus Williams. He's not old. NBC Sports have the Saints ranked 22nd. They're all either have, all three of these have them either 21st or 22nd. NBC Sports says Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave make a nice receiving trio, but the Saints are banking on Jameis Winston not morphing back into turnover machine he was in Tampa. Best of luck. He had one year of throwing 30 interceptions. He never threw 20 interceptions any of those other seasons, and yet he's just, he, in his in this guy's mind, he's he's always been this 30 interception machine guy it's just it's just it's just unbelievable to me but I mean it's good it's good you want you hope all the opponents and everybody keeps thinking that way you want them to think that way you want them to be overlooked and yet the mentality and their reasoning now again if they'd have come on and said look we don't know if Michael Thomas is ever really going to be healthy he hasn't been healthy in two years we don't know about Pete Carmichael. He's he's been there forever. And when he was asked to call the plays and Casper to quitter wasn't there, he actually did quite well, but I don't believe he can do it when he when it's all on him. Or, you know, Dennis Allen is a great defensive coach and somehow becoming the head coach, he's not gonna be as good a I mean, I don't agree with all that, but at least there's some logic to it. This other stuff that people say, it just that I've heard, it, it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense to me. I contend, and I, you know, I've contended for quite some time, and I still contend this is the best roster the Saints have ever had. Now, is it the best offensive line they ever had? No. Is it the most uh, accomplished quarterback they've ever had? No. But when you look at Wide receiver, running back, if they pick up one more veteran with that contingency plan. 
you look at running back, wide receiver, defensive line, linebackers, depth at cornerback, depth at safety, punter, kicker, coaching staff. This is the best roster the Saints have ever had. The only positions that you could, which would be another legitimate statement, the offensive line has questions. No question the offensive line does. There's there's no question that it, 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 offensive line potentially could be a problem. I agree. But what if they're all healthy? Like, Teron Armstead is better than what they've got now, but he never played. If these guys play and they can develop consistency and they've got a better offensive line coach, I'm counting on the offensive line doing a better job than a weak cornerback group or a weak safety group or a weak wide receiver group or a weak running back group in past years um, did. I I don't know. Again, you read these things and it just continues to perpetuate what we've been saying and, 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 Oh man, it's 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 just going to be a long. What is this? Forty nine days. Uh, Forty nine days is a long time to wait. Long time to wait. I need the Astros to make a trade. Of course, the doubleheader sweep of the Yankees doesn't hurt. I you know the, it, it helps. I wish Yuli would have got it done. Has anybody heard how long Presley's going to be out? I, I'm I'm, a, I'm guessing he's not going to make. The trip to Asia. I'm a, I don't know. I mean, he, I'm, I guess he lives in Houston. I don't even know that. Uh, that'd be a fur piece to go up to Asia. So I'm thinking he's going to be unavailable all weekend. The problem is they go from Asia to Oakland after that. That's just on this side of Asia, Oakland. That's in Northern California. So it could be a while before he's back. Could have bullpen issues. All right. That'll do it for this segment. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour of footnotes. Next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you, if you would like to win an Apple Watch, the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles would love for you to. All you have to do is text GAME, G-A-M-E, to 283-8100. Text GAME to 283-8100. That will put you, make you eligible to win an Apple Watch as well as Eligible to win all kind of other prizes, including Astro tickets. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right. Uh, We've got, we're down to about a week and a half. There's a lot of talk on the national baseball circuits about rumors about Juan Soto. Sounds like, if you believe the reports, that the teams that have the best chance of getting them are, of course, the punks. And, man, they are just. 
they get more punkish every year, the punks. Uh, I mean, they, their fans are punks. Their players are punks. I really don't mind their manager. I, I really don't think Roberts is a punk. I, I don't. I, and, and look, I think Ker, Clayton Kershaw is a class act. So any, any kind of example that you give like that, there's always exceptions. But boy, they're punks. The Padres, the punks, and the Cardinals. All in the National League. I say stay in the National League. I'm all for that. The other rumor is, so say, could the, could the little MVPs actually trade Otani? He pitches tonight against the Braves. I heard a rumor this morning. The Braves or maybe could trade for Otani. Boy, that would be something. All right. I don't believe it, but I did hear that this morning. We will take a timeout, come back, hour number two on this Friday, next on the game, 1037, Lafayette 1041, Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. The phone number is... 706-0111, If you would like to talk Major League Baseball, there's plenty of that to talk. Yesterday was a partial schedule, but two of the games are two games that a lot of baseball fans in this in these parts were glued into. Astros, Yankees, day night doubleheader at Minute Maid Park. The Astros won game one. The The irony is the Astros out hit the Yankees 10 to 5 in the first game and won 3 to 2. They The Yankees actually ended up out hitting the Astros 8 to 7 in the second game because they got four hits in the ninth. For a while there, it was like, man, this isn't going to happen again. The Astros. The Yankees lost the two games, but they actually came out of it bullpen-wise in much better shape. I mean, the Astros were down to the bottom of their bullpen and f- below the bottom of their bullpen because they were trying to save the bullpen, but because they were fortunate enough to score seven runs, uh, they were trying to allow Belak to just pitch the last four innings. Belak actually... Did way better than I thought. I mean, I was very thankful for the three innings that he gave me. And I was I get why they sent him out there for the fourth. And, you know, to be fair, he, he walks a batter and then they on borderline stuff. Um, and then they get a little dinky hit, and then all of a sudden you're in trouble. And I don't know why he gave in. You know, the Astros didn't do much giving in yesterday. You know, on the mound, they would throw the ball low and just below the zone and just off the plate and low and just below the zone, just off the plate, just great pitches after great pitches after great pitches. Sometimes they got a borderline call and sometimes they didn't, and that's kind of baseball. I thought for the most part, he missed a couple calls, but I thought for the most part, 
the home plate umpire did a good job in that game yesterday. But, man, there were so many pitches that were just, I mean, just great pitches that were just a hair below the zone and blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know why Belak, maybe he just was tired. Again, he's not a major league pitcher, Brandon Belak. He's a he's a triple A or four A pitcher. And they had got he he had gotten up to about 70 pitches. He had pitched three innings already. He was in his fourth inning. And he gives in and, and throws one way up and he and he got crushed. And again, <clears throat> when you watch, it depends how you look at stuff. I'm not one that loves when, when my team beats a team, there, there's this natural reaction these days. <clears throat> to blast the opponent and say, oh, overrated, they're terrible. Well, if they're terrible, then how big was your accomplishment in beating them? Seriously, that's kind of how I look at it. I don't, when, when, when Aaron Judge crushed that ball over the train tracks, again, was it against a tired AAA pitcher? Yeah, but still, he crushed it. Um, I was like, uh-oh, don't let this happen again. But on the flip side, it shows you how good a job. Aaron Judge didn't all of a sudden become terrible because the Astros know how to get him out. The Astros just, in my opinion, deserve a lot of credit for consistently getting him out. Like, they made Stanton look terrible yesterday. And normally Stanton kind of owns him. But they did a great job of pitching yesterday except for the fact that it took too many pitches. You know, the one thing that, that's another thing that was on a concerning side um, as an Astro fan. You played a doubleheader, you had two starting pitchers, and neither one could give you more than five innings. You need more than five innings when you're playing a doubleheader and you're trying to protect your bullpen and you're fixing to fly out to Asia. So that was disappointing. Look, I love Garcia. Great guy, great clubhouse guy, always has a smile on his face. Uh, Right-handed hitters don't get very many hits against him at all. Uh, He came out of nowhere, and he's a viable part of the pitching staff. But you got to be able to – this business of – I mean, it's constantly – I've thrown four innings, and I'm at 70 or 80 pitches in four innings. It's hard to do that. I I just – if he never gets any better at that, then his ceiling is never going to get much higher. Now, it's going to happen sometimes. I mean, even Verlander does that sometimes. But you just, you can't constantly, okay, you pitch four innings. Oh, you're at 70 or 80 pitches in four innings. Oh, enough of that. He was very fortunate. And the Astros were very fortunate that he had a good fourth and fifth inning. Because through three innings, he 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 was at like at 80 pitches through three, almost 80 pitches through three innings. Awful. Awful. Javier made a lot of good pitches, but again, five innings. He walked too many batters. What's with all these walks? I was pretty disappointed in the two starting pitchers. Now, they they didn't give in. And when I talk about give in, they didn't throw the ball right down the middle and say hit it very often, which against certain hitters like Judge is not a good plan. Belak tried to do it. It didn't work out well. 
Now, maybe that's because he's a triple-A pitcher and he was tired. But up until then, he did a good job of not just putting it on a tee for him. You put it on a tee for them cats. When he hit that home run, I'm like, you see, that's how good a job the Astros have done against him in these seven games. With a few exceptions late where they just, it's unbelievable. Just give it on a tee and they, they can crush it, no question. So, if you have any thoughts on that, on football, we've talked about the quarterback situation. I want to bring up something. You know me, I, I'm not a QW. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about when I say QW, that's one of my little things. Uh, I, I'm referring to what I call most of the country and media or quarterback worshipers. They think everything is about the quarterback. I still don't understand how they rationalize in their mind that Jimmy Garoppolo won on the road at Aaron Rodgers since everything is just about the quarterback. I don't quite get how you know how they rectify that in their mind, but they think that it's all about the quarterback. They they say Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time already, and yet he only has one Super Bowl. Well, I thought it was all about the quarterback, but anyway, I digress, sort of. Um, one of the things that you hear a lot is they justify being QWs by saying it's the most important position in all of sports. I just don't know that I buy that. I, 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 I think we have a tough time with that because I think pitchers are more responsible for their team winning than quarterbacks are. Now, the problem with that is because of the nature of the sport, you have different pitchers that pitch. In other words, the same – in softball, you it's like that where you could throw the same pitcher in a lot of – the majority of your games if you wanted. But in baseball, it's a different pitcher. And typically, it's the same quarterback. So I understand that um, – that that, that that makes it a little difficult. But if you just compare the positions, the position of starting pitcher or the position of just pitcher, period, to me, that pitcher plays a bigger role in his team winning in an individual game than a quarterback does. There's so many more facets to football because there's so many more positions I mean the quarterback doesn't even play defense the pitcher is playing defense and he has the ball in his hand the whole game like you could play a position in baseball and say left field and not have one ball hit to you the entire game and you're just standing out there. It doesn't happen often, but it could. I guess if you're a cornerback, if you're playing a running team, or if you're a wide receiver and you're playing a running team, that could happen to you. You could just play cornerback out there and really nothing ever come your way. But that's not the way the in the NFL level anyway. That's not the way it's played anymore. 
So I contend that pitchers play a bigger role in their team winning a game than a quarterback does. I also contend that a star basketball player with only five guys on the court plays a bigger role in their team winning or losing than a quarterback does. This, I, I just, I think we all bought this, and I think it's, I think it's one. I think quarterbacks are very, very important. I'm not saying they're not important, and I'm not saying quarterbacks are not more important than other positions on a football field. But this idea that uh, you hear it all the time. Quarterback's the most important position in sports. I disagree. I, I I don't agree with that. I think a pitcher is plays a bigger role in a t- in his team winning a game than a quarterback does. And I think that a star basketball player, especially one that has the ball in his hands a lot, like a LeBron in his prime, a star basketball player plays a bigger role in his team winning a game than a quarterback does. I think at best, quarterback's third. At best. And maybe even a little lower. But at best, a quarterback is third. Uh, And I'm not saying that makes quarterbacks insignificant. But I think they're just, one, they're put up on too high of a pedestal because there's QWs everywhere. I mean, it's just unbelievable. QWs. They're left and right. Just can't, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. And, they, and, and m- many people don't even realize how big a QWs they are. They just don't even realize it. But, uh, but, but I, I do not think quarterback is the most important and most significant position in all of sports. Now, it might be the most glamorous, but that's, a, that's from perception. I, I, I think pitchers and star basketball players play a bigger role in their team winning on a game-by-game basis than a quarterback does. I, I, I don't – I don't – I mean, some people might debate it, but I, but I, I, I don't um, – I don't put quarterback number one in that category. I think too many people miss the boat on that. And maybe that's why they're such QWs. I don't know. Go ask the gamblers. They, they're high on pitchers, and they're high on quarterbacks, too. I just think they overrate quarterbacks. I just think they do, especially in today's era of baseball. Man, pitchers are very important. All right, let's do this. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll shift gears. We'll revisit what our old friend, UL assistant basketball coach or director of operations Mike Murphy ask him that question and catch up on some other things you know he's one of these Alabama guys so I don't know I might not give him the pleasure of talking about Alabama but it depends how nice he is to me we will take a time out come back on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros (laughs) 
Which NFL MVP annoys Kevin Foote the most? Who is Aaron Rodgers? He's the most arrogant athlete I've ever seen. I think he's really, to his core, that arrogant. He really believes, why in the world are you even speaking to me? You are a lower form of human being. That kind of arrogance is what I'm talking about, and I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is. That is correct. Now, back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Southwest Louisiana's Louisiana's Sports Station. Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. We have with us special guest, UL Assistant Coach, Director of Operations, Mike Murphy. How are you, sir? Kevin, I'm doing great. Thank you. How about you? Well, pretty good. You know, the Astros swept the Yankees. That always helps out a little bit. And um, we've I'm try, I've been trying to push away football season, but it's here. So I, I figured last week there's no reason, you know, no use to fight it anymore. SEC media days are this week. Sunbelt media days next week. Um, and so, you know, I'm kind of just trying to live in the moment. I, I, the, the evil empire. The evil empire. Oh, man. <laughs> Hey, have you watched that series, The Captain, about Jeter? I no. To answer your question, no. I did tape one of the series, and I wish I'd have taped all of them. I again, I, I don't root for the Yankees. I never have, but I certainly respect the Yankees. I have a lot of respect for the game and the Yankees' place in the game. I would watch that. Like if they did a series like that on, like um, you know. You know, like yesterday, someone said it, and here's a statement from Jerry Rice, and my finger hit click, change the channel. Like, if they did one <laughs> like that on the cheaters, I wouldn't even watch it. I wouldn't even think about on it. The I would watch the cat. I would watch the captain, and I did well, take started, one of the episodes. It's only episode two. They've only gone through two episodes that time. And so I, 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 I would be, I would watch it. I do respect him. I do think he's overrated. He's a complimentary player, in my opinion. But I do respect him, and, and, and I would watch it. I, I do hope to watch it one day. Have you? Yeah, I watched. I watched the first two, and, and it was funny. Not funny, but interesting. The first one, it talked about when he was drafted first, the first pick in the draft, right? And uh, he goes to camp, and he's playing rookie ball. And then at the end of the rookie season, there's two more weeks left. He he they they ship him off to low A, and he gets real emotional. He doesn't want to do it. He wants to go home. He wants to quit. He committed 56 errors his first year. 56. It's amazing, probably. He goes, that's incredible. (laughs) Yes. And and look what he turned into. I mean, you know. But you know what? We would all probably be shocked at how many guys who turn out to be stars almost quit at some point early in their career because they thought the mountain was too big. Well, correct. And you know this from being a baseball guy, and I know it from my son playing the game, is that the vast majority of first-round picks never make it to the majors. It's amazing how many don't. Yes, correct. Especially pitchers. Especially <laughs> pitchers. You know, because of injury, this one thing, that, the other thing. But it, it's really funny. It's, 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 you look at the number of first-round guys that don't make it, and um, it's, it's, it's an incredible number. It, it's kind of the same way if you look at, you know, the number of five-star guys who go to these um, football factories like the LSUs, the Alabamas, the wherever 
and they have a really hard time making it because they've never experienced failure, and they don't know how to deal with it. Where you get the three-star guy, or even a guy who's a walk-on, that you know they deal with failure all the time. They've been told the entire life you're not good enough. You know where the five-star guy has kind of been coddled, and um, not that he wanted to be, but that's just the way our society is with guys who have great talent. And they get to these these football factories where everybody's a five-star guy, right? And all of a sudden, what, I'm not the best guy in the field? Nope, I'm not the fastest, not the biggest, not the strongest. We see it in basketball all the time. It's every sport across the board. I know Coach Robichaud used to talk about that all the time. He goes, it's hard to get these guys who have never experienced failure when they get to college and they do experience failure to understand how to use that as a tool to to um, better themselves. And, and I, I thought that was an interesting dynamic. All right. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a lot of reasons I wanted to get you on because I enjoy we enjoy our time together, and I haven't talked to you in a while. But the, a couple of weeks ago, the the Sun Belt men and women's basketball schedules were released. Um, what was your impression of the strategy? What the what happened? How the schedule worked out? The format? Strategy. All of that. Strategy. <laughs> I don't, they put the schedule out with some strategy. <laughs> That's what I'm trying better, to get to. I, I better be careful. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I better be careful. Strategy. That's like Bobo the clown. He just throws a, a thing at a map, right? And that's, that's the stock you got to buy. Um, anyway, uh, you know, it's it's when you got this many teams, and and our footprint is is rather considerable. We cover ten states, right? And um, for those who who don't know in the audience, you know, there's fifty states, so. <laughs> We covered we covered ten states. It's a it's a pretty big footprint, and um, you know it's it's the second schedule. The first schedule came out had a lot of uh, split weekends where you were at home on a Thursday and the road on a Saturday or vice versa, and nobody really liked that. It was going to be very difficult on the athletes. It was going to be I think a, a real uh, a difficult thing with your budgets and et cetera, et cetera. So they came back and they reevaluated the schedule, which I think was the right thing to do. And, and to their credit. They listened to their to their constituents and um, um, you know got rid of those splits. We only have one split in the second version of the game schedule versus the first one. We had four, and um, it's really tough when you have a split when you're you know on the road on Thursday and at home on Saturday because now you're scrambling to get home because you know stats will tell you you win the you win the majority of your home games right. Well, that's when you have a split, you want to be home on Thursday and then going on the road for the Saturday game. So they got rid of those. We only have one. The one split we do have, we have to we're at home on Thursday and we go to James Madison on a on a Saturday. So wow. that's a good thing. But um, the schedule is very competitive. The first round, we weren't playing Old Dominion. Uh, we were going to the Georgia schools for like ever because that's the way they do it. They never have to come to us. We just have to go to them. So, you know, the second version of the schedule, I, I, we liked a lot better. The Georgia schools are coming to us. We don't have to go to them. Not that we were opposed to that. But in the past, you know, we never they never came to us. We always had to go to them when we only played them once during the year. So they're coming to us. We're not playing them twice during the year. Uh, we are going to Old Dominion. That wasn't on the first version of the schedule. Um, we're still going to James Madison. Um, so it's Marshall is coming to us. Uh, we're playing Southern Miss twice, home and home, which is good. Because they're also new to the league. So, um, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's we weren't going to Coastal Carolina in the first version. The second version has, has us going to Coastal, but not to App State. So that's that's how that goes. Now, but, now, but, now you know, is this second version final? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, now I don't know how much you follow the women. The last time I talked to Coach Broadhead, they had like eight or nine splits, like by far more than anybody else in the league. So was that fixed on the women's side too? That that part I don't know. I, I'd have to I'd have to look at their schedule and see. I do know this that we have four double headers with with the uh, with the, with the schedule that the final schedule that's come out. We have four double headers with the women. Um, at the very beginning of the month of February and at the very end of the month of February, um, we do have double headers with them, and that's 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 I think a byproduct of trying to eliminate some of these splits. But I'm not sure about the women's schedule to, to, uh, for, uh, to be off, off the top of my head. I do know that with the first version of the schedule that came out, we we had four splits, and now we only have one. All right. Good. So I was I brought up a subject um, in the last segment and. And uh, I want to get your, because I know you're a good thinker of sports, and I want to see if your opinion agrees with me or, or no. I hear all the time that quarterback's the most important position in sports. I contend that a pitcher has a bigger impact over his team winning in an individual baseball game than a quarterback does in an individual football game, and that a star basketball player, especially one like a LeBron who 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 who, uh, you know, handles the ball a lot and has a bigger impact on his team winning a basketball game than a quarterback does in a football game. How would you rank those? I would completely agree, um, and, and here's why. Now, the dynamics are different um, a, because of the way the games are played. In, in, in football, you've got 11 guys. You've got guys who are, who are specialty players. You know, you can, you, can run, you can score in a variety of ways. You can score – you know, with a with a pass, with a run, kicking the ball, et cetera, et cetera. In baseball, one guy, and that's the pitcher, can control the game. If you can't run the ball in football, the quarterback's going to be no good. All right? If you can't throw the ball in football, the quarterback's going to be no good. Um, but in baseball, you don't have to be able to hit, and you can still come out of there not losing, if that makes sense. Right. Because that one guy – controls the game more than anybody because there's not a lot of offense in baseball to begin with just be based on how the game is played football it's different basketball it's different you also got to look at you know that one guy on the mound all right he 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 has complete control if you never hit the ball nobody has to field you have to block in football on every play right on every play you have to block Okay, in baseball, the, the defense may never have to make a play for you, other than the catcher having to catch the ball. Right, Which, if he drops the third strike, right. now he's got to throw it down to first base. Right. So, so that's the difference. Um, in basketball, I think a, a basketball player has more of an effect than a, than a football player because you're only dealing with five guys. You're not dealing with eleven. All right, and you play offense and defense. So, so a basketball player. All right has more control. That one guy has more control than the quarterback. All right. Now, there's a handful of plays that the quarterback is involved in, in that, that, that can make the difference between a win or a loss depending on the throw, right? And a lot of times, you know, that throw is basically, hey, I'm just throwing it up there. Go get it, right? You know, think of Eli Manning when he threw it to, to what's his name when, when they beat the Chiefs, he yeah. likes to say, and the guy stuck it to his helmet. Yeah. Right? Was it a great throw or a great catch? Or did they just kind of throw it up there? Because a lot of times, the quarterback, he's throwing it to his spot, right? I, I assume 
as a quarterback, the receiver's going to be in that spot. I just kind of throw it up there. You just can't throw it up there in basketball. You just can't throw it up there in baseball, right? You've got to control that spot a whole lot more. You know, your margin for error as a pitcher is just so finite. Your margin for error as a basketball player is much smaller than the football player because of the size of the field where you can throw the ball. Just throw it in space, let them go get it. Well, hell, if I'm a basketball player, I just can't shoot it near the rim and hope it goes in. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> you know, some guys do that. It happens every now and then. But we're not talking about a shot at the end of the game. You know, where, where a baseball player is trying to hit a, 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 a beer bottle uh, top, you know, um, for, for, to, to, to spot his pitch. So there's no question a, a pitcher has more control, and that's, that, that's, that's why that position is paid what it's paid, and that's why there's 20 of them on the team versus, you know, two shortstops. <laughs> yes. No, I totally agree with you. But again, if you listen to the most of the of the media in the world, and I call them QWs, quarterback worshipers, again, I'm not saying quarterback's not important. I'm saying it's very possibly the third or fourth most important position in sports. But everyone acts like it's far and away number one, and I agree with you. It, it is not close to number one. Well, let me ask you this question. You know, um, what, what about the center who makes all the calls on the offensive line for the blocking schemes? I mean, the most important football, the most important te- people on your football team are your, are your linemen. Because if you can't control the line of scrimmage, you can't run the ball, you can't throw the ball. On defense, if you can't control the line of scrimmage, you can't prevent people from running, and you can't prevent people from throwing the ball. I mean, you can take marginal players and make them look really good if you've got a great front line. You know, right? No, um, I agree with that's you. That's hard to do in basketball, and it's impossible to do in baseball because of the nature of the game. Like, uh, like Earl Weaver used to say, in baseball, when you get a lead, you can't just hand it to your best player over and over again and run out the and clock. Kill the clock. Yeah. And in basketball, that. you've got a thirty-second shot clock. Right. I mean, the last minute in the game, you could have seven possessions. That's true. You know, that, that's a great that's a great analogy. That, that's a great analogy. Well. That is why I get you on. I didn't even know you were going to agree with me, but it it makes my heart feel so good that you did agree with me. (laughs) It's going to make your weekend. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And uh, the Saints are still looking for a running back, by the way, if you have one. If your Packers have a running back, please send it to me. Hey, listen now. I think, think, you know, this this whole thing with Devontae Adams, I still think, you know, we got the drama queen, queen behind behind center, which helps, you know, because it's obvious the other kid they drafted ain't good enough. Because right. if he was, they they put him out there, right? You know, um, but the key the key for the Packers is going to be Bakhtari coming back, the lineman. And once again, you know, there, there you go. If he comes back, I, I think I think they can be really good. But uh, what's the dude for the Saints last year? It was always his fault. And they got rid of him, didn't they? Tony Jones. No, he's still on the Tony team. Jones. <laughs> oh, so Tony Jones is still there. Okay, yeah. there you go. <laughs> oh, no. Well, he <laughs> might always, be there. We'll see. He's going to be in camp. We'll see if he makes the it's team. Always, it's always Tony Jones. Tony you're Jones. Talk, Kevin, you're talking about, about football just around the corner. Okay. Our first, our first official day of basketball practice is September 28th. Wow. September 28th. September 28th. That's kind of early. Yeah. You're talking no. You, you count back 42 days from your first contest, and um, so 
I mean, once you get to the month of March, I mean, the month of August, your fall sports yeah, it's are downhill. on full yeah. swing. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, you know, where does the time go, right? Well, I hope you've enjoyed your summer because August is, is just around the corner. I appreciate your time. Good catching up with you again, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks. Go Cajuns. All right, UL men's basketball director of operations, Mike Murphy. Always enjoy talking sports with him. And I think he detailed it even better I did why the QWs overrate their God, the quarterback position. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back with more on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Love the intro to that song. Two footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you to join the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. And you would have a great, um, could give you a great idea for a date night or for your wife's birthday or just you just need a break. Your team might have lost a game and you're all demoyed and you and you need to get your mind off of it. All kind of great prizes uh, that you could win, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse or a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. All great prizes, but you can't win if you don't join the game clubhouse. So do so today. It's free. It's simple. Go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Yes, sir. Mr. Foot. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing great this rain, but uh, I'm a long-time listener. That's first-time caller. Uh, I work from Lafayette to Lake Charles area, so I pretty much got y'all on speed dial on 1041 and 1037. uh, We appreciate it. I wanted to say – yeah, if you think about it, going back three years ago when the Saints played Washington, uh, Taysom Hill wasn't even ranked, rated a quarterback at that time. And, uh, I mean, we didn't have a, they didn't have a quarterback on the field. The Saints won that game, so how important is the quarterback at some point? And if you look at Shea Hoatani, what he's doing in L.A., I mean, he can literally hit two home runs and pitch a no-hitter and, and win the game. I mean, By himself. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of weird. Like, I, don't get me wrong, the quarterback is, is very important. But at the same time, we, just because he touches the ball every play doesn't mean he's the most important guy on the field at the time. Uh, but if a quarterback – I mean, a pitcher makes one mistake, that could cost him the ball game. I, I mean, agree. He does need the rest of his team, but – I agree. I think it's a good point. No, again, it doesn't mean that quarterbacks are not very important. It, my point is – I disagree with the statement that you hear all the time that's made yeah. and I heard that it's the most important position in sports because it's not. But it's treated yeah. that way in the court of public opinion too often. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, yes. sir. I was just wondering, too. Uh, I listen. 
what's his name? Martin. Martin calls in. I swear sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's like he got to talk to all three people that get on the air that day. Uh, the man. He's into it. I don't. I was just. I was just wondering if Martin works or if he's he retired or something. <laughs> Maybe he could fill us in on that. No, uh, he he works. <laughs> he works. <laughs> but I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll get off and let and listen to it. But uh, yeah, those Saints, go those Tigers. Those, those, those All right. I appreciate your call, sir. Thank you very much for listening. No, Martin apparently works with Paul. I mean, I think they they FedEx cats. So I think what it sounds like is that Martin works at like a car shop or something, and Paul works at FedEx. So he oh, like that's how delivers it is. packages to like a, to every him. day to oh, Martin. Okay, I got you. That's what it seems like, but I'm not. Well, I know their relationship was a work relationship. That's how they met. So I knew he yeah. worked. I just didn't know all the details. So yeah, I, I, I sound like you hear like little screwings of bolts or something. Whenever he, he cries a call, but I think he's hiding from us. <laughs> gotta, lo- gotta love the accent. Gotta love the accent. Love it. Oh yeah, but I think we actually have Mr. Manny's on the phone. Want to talk to you? Another man who who knows a few people from Vermeer Parish. How are you, sir? Good morning, Captain. How are you? Good. I'm I'm, I'm okay, except I, I threw hand. I thought I was gonna need a amphibious cord. You know, one of those cords like in the old movies where it go from land to water. When I got to Lake West Lake this morning, I thought I was gonna have to go amphibious. Thank goodness I got a little. Size on my truck. I, it was it was rough, Kevin. It was a rough drive back from Houston. Uh, oh, you Kevin, were, did you, you go to both I, games? I, yeah, yeah, I went to the game. I, I, I was gonna. I tried to call you the other day, but then I just I, you know my summertime, Kevin. I'm in and out, a lot of ends, a lot of outs, a lot of what happens, you know. So I didn't get to call you. I heard when Bobby was on the phone. Yeah, I went to the second game. Uh, my daughter and I were downtown for the first game watching this and all that stuff. But, listen, I want to tell you, uh, I think that Judge, the ball that Judge hit is in the same spot as Albert Pujols' ball that he hit in the playoff game uh, that almost killed oh. everybody in that Oh, yeah, it, he crushed it. Like, yeah, he crushed it. Kevin. Kevin. It, it, I, I think it hit the, hit the glass back there. I, yes. I, I don't. I mean, I've never seen anything. And listen, I was sitting down the third base line, you know, about halfway between left field and third base, uh-huh. and it just went right by me, like uh, our boy Crash Davis would say. Anything traveling that fast should have a stewardess on it. It, uh, it went a fair piece, Kevin. But listen. Uh, Gundy, I mean, when second and third and two outs, I know you've got Bregman behind him, but I I don't know how you give that guy a pitch. (laughs) I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't take my chances. I'd bounce a few up there and take my chances with Bregman. And I mean, I thought Bregman didn't come through yesterday. It was was glorious. Uh, But still, Kevin, it still got a lot of holes. (laughs) But man, they, they find a way to win, you know? But the the ninth inning was very, very uh, nerve-wracking. Yes. After the three-run glass, and me and, of course, you know, they they see it, and the double play was was beautiful. Well, just just because – right, just because – 
Manny, just because of what they had been through twice already, it, it, it was certainly nerve-wracking. So do you agree yeah. with me that Myers has to go? Yeah, I mean, I, man, they just have to have somebody in the field that can yeah, they need they needed they need another good outfielder because again you don't know when Brantley or if Brantley's coming back. Yeah, I'm I'm very concerned about about the Brantley situation. Uh, you know, it, it's definitely not a hundred percent that he's going to be coming back. Period, and you know, hopefully. You know, if September, you know, I mean, I'm hoping middle of August, you know, surely hopefully in a month. If he's not back by then, I mean, it's got to be something more than uh, than what meets the eye, you know. Yeah, they have to have an outfit. you got to have production, Kevin. Somebody. The lineup, it's amazing. My daughter was sitting there. We were sitting there last night when the game started. You know, everybody's batting there. And she's like, you know, she hasn't followed that coach. Like, my gosh. Hitting is atrocious. <laughs> yes, they do not hit the baseball. They don't. You know, they, it, they, they live and, and die it, on the home run way too much. It drives me crazy. Yuli was terrible at the end of the first game, and and you know, no, uh, it's, the, the one thing I, that's so scary though, Manny. Your... Manny, the one thing that's scary and that that makes my heart just you know want to leap for joy is I've been trying to get a left-handed hitter to hit the ball in the Crawford boxes for 20 years now. If El Piero, yeah. and it looks like he's finally starting to do it, if he really d- figures out a Crawford box swing, I, it's unbelievable oh, the numbers he could put up. Yeah, yeah, and then the, the other ball he drove, you know, was in the opposite field, in the uh, opposite field gap. So, yeah, if he, if, if he does, I mean, you know, he's going to get a lot of balls away if he, of course, if I was pitching to him in that stadium, I wouldn't throw him anything away. But, uh, I mean, if he figures that out, it's uh, it's a scary, scary deal for everybody else, you know. All right, Manny. Well, I appreciate you filling in. And do you agree with me uh, to tell that that uh, to tell Hannah that the Piper with our Asian friends in oh. Seattle are probably not too happy with the Mariners right now? What do you think? Well, no, I mean. I mean, Hannah, I'm, I'm sure she's starting to catch on. About 14 in a row. And, I mean, listen, some of the ones they won at the end of that streak, uh, that the last few they've won, they've won two or three that they probably shouldn't have won or they won by a run. Every baseball God is is has been shining down. Yeah, on we, we we we're we're kind of we're trying to do them a favor. They need they need to not get greedy and lose a few games. We want the Piper to be on your side. So, we're trying to do you a favor uh-huh. by getting you to lose two games this right. weekend. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I'll lose one game. We're going to win one. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, we're going to hit the street and then we got we Astros to win two. That's not even saying the Piper if you win two out of three. That doesn't even count. Uh, we, we hope so. We're just being uh-uh. very unselfish here. We're, we're no, looking no, out I've for you. I brought it up the Piper. Fact, we're we good. Yeah, we're trying uh-uh. to help her. I want to win the series, <laughs> but you can go and take <laughs> out my streak. Fa- right. Thanks, Manny. Have a good day. Right. Yeah, we're, we're right. very unselfish here. We're, we're, we're thinking about you. What? We, I feel it, like that's not thinking about me. We need you to lose two out of three this weekend, and that way the Piper can be on your side. Then you can just kind of win some games there. For okay, me. when I can secure... For sure, the top spot, the wild card, then you know. Yeah, okay. 
I'll pay the just piper. Just want you then. to know we're thinking about you. Yeah. We're, I'm looking, already, out for, I'm we're <laughs> looking out for your Mariners. Uh-huh. That's, that's what it is. By getting you exactly. to lose two games this week. No, 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 no. We're going to win two. We'll let you take one. We won't sweep oh, you. Man, the two pitching matchups are going to be fabulous. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out today's show next on the game. Oh, I'll come back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Remember tonight, Astros Mariners. It's possible this is the most high profile Astro Mariners season, I mean, series ever. I mean, I think so. I mean, it's very, very you, you possible know, that's the case. On like Tuesday, before the All Star game happened, they had announced that the game tonight was sold out. Like, oh yeah, and they're gonna be booing and all fired up, and um, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's gonna be it, 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 it's quite a it's it, it's a big series. And I, I mentioned before the break the pitching matchups. Tomorrow is Logan Gilbert, great young pitcher for the Mariners, against Justin Verlander, and we all know how good he has been. Although. One of his outings this year, the he, for the most part, he's owned the Mariners. But he had an outing earlier this year where the Mariners lit him up really bad. So mm-hmm. uh, keep that in mind. And then on Sunday, Framber Valdez against Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, understandably, uh, won the Cy Young out of out of the blue last year. Uh, was totally unexpected. So he's had somewhat of a medicine season. His first half was not what Seattle thought. But of late, he's pitched very well. Very, very well. And uh, I think he's starting to get into a groove and one of the many reasons why uh, the Mariners have been overlooked. And I've been telling y'all, don't overlook them because they're very good. And I would be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. So don't um, count me out, guys. Don't oh, absolutely count me not. out. Two elite pitching matchups. Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. But first, tonight, Urquidy, who's gotten bombed twice by Seattle this year. We'll see if he can do better the third time. Appreciate all the phone calls and Coach Murphy calling in. Y'all have a nice weekend.